0: You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? What's going on?
2: Uh, just just another great day. Uh, Bengals win. What is not to love about this uh, statement win, it feels like, because it felt like early on, oh, man. The first, like, three drives, I was like, oh, this feels like Bengals-Browns. Like, why is this happening again? Why can't this team just beat the team they're better than? And uh, to me, in, I don't think the next drive was killer. But it almost felt like the turning point was the Browns were in fourth and Juan Jacoby-Perset came in. And in my mind, I'm just like, well, they will convert this because it's Bengals-Browns. And they run a play-action pass. So, oh, this is a touchdown. Throws it. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones, of course, who goes over 100 yards. Like I said, this guy just gets up for Bengals games. And uh, he didn't come down with it. The ball was a little overthrown. And I was just uh, immediately went, oh, that, that feels different. Like, that was a missed opportunity in – Uh, but when these two teams play, it feels like the Browns don't miss very many opportunities. They missed a lot today, but that was the first one that made me go, Oh, hold on. Like this game might not go the same way.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Just the way it started, you get Mike Hilton down, you get TB down, T. Higgins is on the sideline. You're like, what is happening? It was wild, just kind of the bad vibes I started to feel in the game. It did feel like the game was like 1,400 hours. Um, But it it almost felt like in the Penalties. Yeah, the penalties. 1,400
2: hours is because clock stops every time they throw a flag. Oh, my God, there was like 20-plus. I'm looking that up real quick, but yeah, keep talking.
1: Well, that's why I have a problem with it. Stop making it about the, I don't want an official show. Let me watch the game either call it both ways or don't call them at all and stop calling it every single play. And, and somebody actually brought up a good point. They're like, look, you could probably find a flag on almost every play, but you don't have to call all of them. And it felt like this staff was, um, they were just a little flag happy. Uh, But, but when you got to the second half, I honestly felt like, okay, this game is in control. And honestly, if they would have done this, if they would have been up a couple scores in that Monday night football game, I feel like they could have controlled the game and it went different. But we will back it up because they've been on a little bit of a win streak since that game. They have five wins in a row, obviously the most in the Zach Taylor era. There was four Mm -hmm. last week, so we already hit that mark. And this is huge. Um, There's actually a lot to talk about offensively, but I have promised to give the defense their credit. And I feel like we can dedicate plenty of time to the offense later in this podcast. DJ Reader, I'm starting with him right now. DJ Reader, we talked about it before his injury in the Jets game. This guy's playing at an all-pro level. He did have Mm -hmm. to miss some time. He comes back a little rusty, obviously (laughs) coming back from injury in that first game back. But then you look at him today, Nick Chubb was nowhere to be found. You might want to put a missing person report up because DJ Reader was (laughs) there, and that guy is a game changer.
2: It's funny that DJ Reader has played in Bengals-Browns games before Nick Chubb does well. So I don't want to just give him full credit – but, yeah, like that felt like – because the, the Bengals' defense wasn't terrible against Nick Chubb in their first matchup. I know that the game went terrible. The Divas actually played pretty well. They only gave up, what, eight points or something like that right before halftime. And Then they gave up a last-second field goal to go down like 10 or so. I, I don't remember the exact score. But they played pretty well. It was just the, the offense was so bad that eventually they got tired. And uh, they had the Ouzier injury and uh Apple didn't play. So that, that became the whole thing. But, um, yeah, so he, he was under four yards per carry in that game. But today, 14 carries for 34 yards. I mean, that's one of his worst performances on the season, I think. 2.4 yards per carry. And that's with a long of 13 on that early, early play that we were talking about how the game felt similar to how it used to in Bengals browns 13 yard carry on like second and long i I believe and just since then nothing i mean you take away the 13 yard carry he was 13 for 21 that is a blistering 1.6 yards per carry so other than the one run under two yards about one and a half yards per carry i mean this is all just efficiency. He didn't have the volume either. This is funny because I feel like Browns fans are always screaming like, run them more, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few times I guess, no, the Bengals defense just showed up to play. Can you guess what Nick Chubb's lowest yards per carry is before this week? Okay, there's one, Buffalo 1.36. But other than that, what is the lowest?
1: I don't know, dude. You're
2: gonna have to okay, tell Okay. 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 Shouldn't have had you guess. I just mentioned it. I know. I
1: know. <laughs> I know. I don't know, but I want to know. Four point three. Okay. He has
2: one game that is under two yards per carry against Buffalo. He has this game where he's under three yards per carry, and then four point three is the next lowest. Like this guy's a machine. He's one, He's probably the best running back in the NFL. Him, Taylor Henry, whoever you want. Um, I'd probably go him. Maybe that's just when I watch him against the Bengals, but. Yeah, this guy's incredible, and the Bengals' defense deserves their credit because it's hard to do, and DJ Reader was dominant, and it was obvious. I, I the, the love when the announcers finally put a spotlight on him, and they did again today, but, yeah, he was destroying that uh, center. He was the backup center, destroying him. He was beating Betonio and Teller when they got matched up as well, but the Bengals like to put him head up over the center, and that guy just had – A very rough day at the office.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going against a pretty good offensive line in the league and for them to stop, I agree with you, I would say the best running back in the NFL someone who they've struggled with a lot of teams have struggled with in the past so credit to DJ reader and I have to give credit where it's due right now. Cam Taylor Britt one of my biggest fears. And what felt like a double loss the night that they lost to the Browns the first go around on Halloween was losing Cheeto. Because Cheeto is one of their best defensive players. And I thought, I don't know if this team can sustain that in the back half of the season. And I'm not even thinking about what the playoffs would look like without Cheeto, but I'm I'm concerned about the secondary. And for this guy to come up, who he's getting better. Honestly, it feels like every game he plays better. He makes plays. I feel like he had one of his best games today. Uh, but it was just I, I hate use. I'm not going to use the word elite because I think that's that word is it's strong. But he he was strong in the secondary and just credit where it's due with Cam Taylor. He has me believing in what this team could do in the second half of the season and maybe in January in the playoffs. When I think of his play on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Oh, man, this is his best game of the year, I think. Um, when you consider he was getting tested. He played well. I thought he missed some tackles, but he's such a willing tackler that I don't care that much. Like the the play to Cooper is the big one to me where Cooper gets that catch really tight coverage, but he's able to get the catch. And then you hope that Taylor could just bring him down right after, but he lets him go from an arm tackle, but whatever. I mean, like, yeah, he's not playing perfect elite, uh, but he's playing really well. And I thought, he was the, uh, I, I tweeted it, he was the uh, hammer that put the final nail in the coffin. They went at him on their last like life support drive there. They got to the goal line, down a couple scores, and it was a slant to Amari Cooper. But he's right in his hip. It forces a high throw that Cooper can't bring down. Yeah, there's a way that that pass gets completed, and it's not perfect coverage, but it's very good coverage because you're forcing the hardest pass and the hardest catch, and they couldn't complete it. And then last play, Donovan Peoples-Jones, one-on-one. The Bengals guy they can't figure out. Goal line fade, nothing. Just perfect coverage. And there was also on that drive, the play to Cooper down the left sideline that was deep down the field. I believe it was this drive. Uh, that he breaks up as well. I mean, this wasn't a game where he just played well because he didn't get tested. This is a game he got tested fairly often in important moments and he stepped up. So, this was his best game. This was awesome from him. Uh, love to see him perform this way. Did you know to segue to somebody else? Logan Wilson had 17 tackles today.
1: How did you read my mind? He was my next one I was going to bring up. And I said, I was going to say 17 tackles, Logan Wilson. (laughs) Unbelievable performance because we've been talking so much about Jermaine Pratt in these last couple games. I'm like, Logan Wilson comes up with 17 (laughs) tackles. What a game for Logan Wilson.
2: Yeah. I can't think of too many linebacker duos that you would rather have in the league. Like the Bills guys are good. Uh, the 49ers with Fred Warner, obviously going to be up there and the Bucks guys, whatever you think of them, maybe good, maybe bad. I don't know. Devin white is uh Schrodinger's linebacker <laughs> on any play. Great player, bad player. Who knows? But these guys are right up there. Like top five linebacker duo in the league. I, I think I, I know they both have some warts. I think they're rounding out their game to the positive ends and trying to dull those a little bit, but uh, man, I, I thought they they Logan Wilson played very well today, and anytime you come away with 17 tackles, you're probably gonna be sore. But that's a good day in the office, right? That's that's a that's a coming away the linebacker, 17 tackles. You're in your neck roll, you know.
1: And in this game, the Bengals they get banged up a little bit. I'll get to the offensive injuries in our next segment, but we'll stay with Trey Hendrickson right now. Um, NFL Network reported after the game. Obviously, they are um, well known media insiders and they know what's going on in the Bengals locker room and said that looks like Trey Hendrickson's gonna be out for a couple of weeks. It so looks like a broken hand right now. I know some players can kind of play through that, um, depending on like the pain tolerance and what that looks like. But for me personally, I think you got to look at the long run and the outlook for the half of the, the rest of the games this season and, and be smart about Trey because you need him out there. More than likely it's gonna be Joseph Asai who's gonna be stepping in for him. Um but what do you think about that transition on it's not easy to replace a guy like Trey Hendrickson.
2: Um, my first thought is, yeah, that's that's one. Jake go friend of the show, hopefully, <laughs> uh tweeted out basically like the Bengals on defense that you or in general, really, some of them, the ones that you would most not want to get hurt, the most important players: Chidobe Wuzier, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader especially on defense. You have those three. And then Jamar Chase. And, yeah, you could probably throw T Higgins on there. He ha- he hasn't really missed games, like, as in missed the entire game. But twice he's come in and been like, I can't go. And then one other time he got knocked out of the game. So all those guys, they've missed time. And the Bengals are just kind of keep rolling on. They're 9-4. <laughs> they've had the bad injury luck, and they just keep rolling. So this is another moment they need to do that. Joseph Osai, um, really fun player, and we're going to see if he can generate any pressure over the next couple weeks. He faces Donovan Smith this week, which is a fairly solid baseline left tackle, and then Trent Brown, who's very up and down the week after, and then we'll see if he goes against Deion Dawkins with the Bills. But it's not a murderer's row, but it's three solid guys, I think. Um, Trent Brown at any moment can be really good, but he just he could also be really bad. That could be a Joseph Osai breakout game uh, if it's one of those. So the guy who really needs to step up is the guy who stepped up today, Sam Hubbard, who came over with three quarterback hits. Uh, he played really well. He got so close on another tight end screen, and uh, I wanted to just swap that ball down. And then also got the sack, obviously. So he had a good game against Jack Conklin, who's – been on the decline uh he's not the best right tackle anymore but still fine I don't know he's not a terrible player and uh Sam ever got got the better of him
1: Sam has had a lot of underrated moments I feel like this season and honestly you can take it all the way back to the AFC championship game when he almost got the ball after swiping it away from Patrick Mahomes um at the end of regulation last year so yeah I I feel like he doesn't get enough credit Um, And honestly, you could say the same about a lot of the defensive players and stars out there. Also want to give a shout out to Jesse Bates. I'm glad he's doing better. Um, He had that interception. I know, um, obviously, earlier in the week, he he was on the injury report. And, you know, we saw him kind of fall down a little bit in that Chiefs game. So good to see Jesse uh, rebounding just fine. But uh, I thought he had a pretty, pretty nice little pick off uh, Deshaun Watson, too.
2: That was really nice. Watson was late, and he doesn't have a strong arm, so he can't do that. But, uh, yeah, he – I don't know what happened, but he just comes flying down from center field to make that interception. It's its one of those interceptions that makes you just like that's, – that's why he should get paid. Um, if it's not by Cincinnati, fine, it won't be. So whoever pays him, that's why he should get paid. You look at that play, and then a lot of, you know, 2020 – and uh, the 2021 playoff run. But, yeah, I, I thought the funniest thing was to go through Joe Goodberry's mentions when he said Bates gave up the touchdown to Joku and uh, everybody's saying he's trash. And then, like, five minutes later, he gets the interception. And it's like there's no replies because Bengals fans just feed off the negativity with that guy. But it's cool. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's doing a fine job. I don't, don't want to say he's doing great. You know, it's, it's a little up and down this year. But he's a better player than most fans think he is. He's still good, and they also have a, a nice safety duo. Like, when I think of the Bengals defense, it's the spine of the defense that's so good that we always talk about. DJ Reader, the linebacker duo, and the safety duo. Like, that's, that those are their stars. And then they've got Hendricks and Chobe Uzie out there. Sam Hubbard's leveled up. He leveled up in the playoffs, and he just never came back down. He wasn't variance. He's just like, I'm a better player now. So, you got all that. I, I don't know. They, the spine of this defense is awesome, and it lets them do all this different stuff and perform at such a high level, and uh, Jesse Bates is part of that. I want to give him a shout-out because he deserves it. I feel like anytime he has a bad moment of any part of any game, he's going to hear about it, so he should hear about when he actually has a good moment, too.
1: I hope Jesse Bates gets paid this off season and it's not going to be in Cincinnati, but I hope he gets paid and that will, and and I hope the reason he gets paid is he shows off what he can do the rest of December and January and maybe in February. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I hope he, he makes those plays like we saw last year in January with Jesse Bates. So, I'm all about it. He's under contract here for this time being with the franchise tag. I want him to just have himself um, a rest of his season in Cincinnati of what he's able to do here and show off for other teams, put it on the highlight reel. So credit to Jesse Bates, credit to this defense, and Lou, we continue to trust. And I'm so glad we got a hit on that in the first segment, but plenty on the offensive side of the ball. And I'll look ahead to the AFC North next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Offense, it really feels weird to start the little part of the podcast with offense because there's always so much to say with Joe Burrow and his weapons. And early on, had me a little bit nervous when, again, T. Higgins, it sounds like he reaggravated his hamstring during the warm-ups pregame. Um, unfortunately, he was limited on Thursday with the hamstring but went full go on Friday, so thought all is well. But um, T. wanted to play. Coaching staff was like, hey, let's be smart about it. I think, again, you're making smart moves with your training staff and your coaching staff when you think of long-term, the rest of the season, you need this guy. Uh, Was able to do it without T. Higgins. Was able to do without Tyler Boyd. We hope Tyler Boyd is back soon. To be determined. Dislocated finger. Um, no doctor, so I'm not going to predict when this guy can play. Wide
2: receivers need those.
1: Yeah, you need you need your finger.
2: Um, <laughs> Some gonna... positions you get away with an offensive lineman, you know, ah, whatever. The wide receiver, you kind of need that.
1: Offensive <laughs> lineman can't, can't, can't
2: play with a club. <laughs>
1: Think. Yeah. You can play with a club. Um
2: but with- wide receiver. That's hard to catch with, you know, I would stick them, keep put on the club.
1: There's some talented wide receivers that can do the winning <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, where are we going with this? Um, all right, but I wanna stay with Tyler. I want to stay with Tyler Boyd. Uh unfortunately we yeah, we don't have a timeline right now. Not doctors, not on this podcast. Uh, but hope for good news. We'll obviously hear more on Wednesday when they get back to practice. Maybe Zach Taylor will share more on Monday's press conference. Uh so being without T and Tyler Boyd in that game without him. was a little nervous when uh, those reports were starting to come out. Questionable. Normally when you're questionable, I don't feel like you're going to return to the game. It just doesn't feel good. Probable, yeah, you might be coming back. Uh, Just didn't feel like this was going to be their day where where we were going to see all wide receivers on the field. But you have Jamar Chase out there. You have Trent Nerwin, flea flicker, crazy wild play. He was wide open, nothing but green grass in the end zone. And he did the river dance, which I appreciate. I think it was the river dance. Um, Everybody knows the OG days. Chad Ochocinco used to celebrate yep. in the end zone, and we love that. And I felt like it was a little bit of a Chad Ochocinco vibe. The pass to Jamar Chase, unbelievable. But let's just start here with what Joe Burrow was able to do. Run game, on the ground with the running backs, being without two of the star receivers And still made it work. It wasn't pretty, but they made it work.
2: Otis, it actually started poorly. Not just because of that, but I didn't think he played well early on. And that's one of those things that it really felt like this game was going to go the same way for for a little while there. Joe Burrow was missing passes, and and the offense was out of sync, and everything just seemed so blah. It's like, ah, why can't this team just figure it out? And then they did. Uh, it, it did also feel like Burrow was not on the same page with Trent Taylor and Mitchell Wilcox and a little bit of Irwin at the, at times too. Chase, yes, always on the same page with Jamar Chase. And P. Ryan had a couple drops, uh, sadly. Tough yeah. running backs played really well. We can get to that. But um, eventually these guys all ended up working out, and they – did get to the same page even it could just be so simple as you know trent taylor runs his his slant route and it's a little bit slower than tyler boyd so burrow goes to throw it and he goes 83 is usually like a a step ahead and then taylor can't reach and catch it who's that on is it on burrows and on taylor for not being quicker who knows you know it's just (laughs) whoever you want to blame um but I thought the chemistry was a little bit off with those guys early on, even though he has been throwing to them because of the chase injury. And it got better. It, it just got better. And he Burrow had two really, really strong drives to score those touchdowns in the first half. I thought the one, he didn't throw the touchdown. Uh, P Ryan, he's a second effort. Awesome run into the end zone, but the first one, Oh my God goodness that throw to jamar chase on the slant jamar chase what a game i think i think that's what we need to talk about next but yeah. wow what a tight window throw to him I, I i wonder if that's one of those like he put chase puts his, the hands out and, and he's like this is where the ball should be going but i can't see it just hits him in the hands like okay got it
1: there's two things about that It it's the I feel like the LSU connection just comes in comes in at times when you see their chemistry. The big one for me personally was the Niners fourth quarter last year. We talk about that Mm -hmm. a lot. One of my favorite Joe Burrow quarters, even though it was a loss, and you saw that connection with Jamar today. And he even said he's like, "Yeah, Jamar's getting the ball, even if he doesn't know he's getting it," and he and he just (laughs) just put it in that window after what we saw in the third and eleven to T Higgins last week. Um, that was. My favorite Joe Burrow throw of the year. Honestly, uh, it was unbelievable and and just such at a key time because it felt like the momentum switched after that. Because I was like, all right, all right, they're in control of this game and they're getting their monkey this monkey off their back right now. And Joe's gonna light it up. And obviously they could have put up more points if they had more weapons out there. But Jamar Chase, Trent Irwin with what you had, we'll get to the running game in just a moment. I, I say that's credit to Joe Burrow. Cause he did say without, you know, they said did the game plan change when you didn't have TB and T in there. And he's like, no, no, none of that changed. And just, you know, we kind of move on with it and, you know, to, to rebound from the first series and kind of just how we looked in the first quarter um, that's just credit to Joe Burrow. I, I feel like you look around the league at a lot of quarterbacks in their play and He can turn it around. I've said it before when I watched Andy Dalton play and when he started off bad and he was bad Andy, I knew he wasn't going to rebound from that. And that's what we were going to get for the rest of the afternoon with Joe. He can, he can have that little bit of it off, even though he doesn't have much of that anymore and still be fine the rest of the game and and find ways. And I think, yeah, when you have Jamar chase out there, that's huge. But I, I think that shows that that's why this guy is in the MVP conversation. Um, because he still found a way to win by a couple scores.
2: Yeah, uh, he he bounces back. It's the flexibility. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton was like a piece of piece of styrofoam where if you hit him, he'd break in half. But you know, Joe Burrow, you hit him, he's like a rubber band, he just bounces right back, and he's fine yeah. for the most part. Uh, there's been a, a game or two in his career that that didn't happen, but whenever Joe Burrow starts slow, it's just like pick it up because I know he can. It's not. I do think of that Andy Dalton Thursday night football against the Browns game.
1: Did two
2: Oh my God. It had to be a zero passer rating. I think that was, that was a disaster. I'm glad I, I don't have to watch that again with this oh. quarterback. So um, yeah. And Jamar chase to give him credit. Yes. This Bra- these Browns corners are physical. They're good. Especially Denzel Ward is good, but they're all good. Um, Newsom had a really good rookie year. He's not been the same this year, but oh my goodness, man coverage, safety over the top, sa- <laughs> safety cheated over, whatever. Jamar Chase was beating it. every Everything. And and it started, I noticed, Denzel Ward was the guy manned up on him on the slant touchdown. And then Denzel Ward's manned up on him again, and he makes um, back shoulder play where Denzel Ward falls down trying to cover it. And, you know, it's just – He went against all these guys. There was one play that they tried to trust that uh, John Johnson could cover him because they were quarters early on. That's what they like to play early downs. And if the slot goes vertical in quarters, that means that the safety has to cover him. And I was just like, you shouldn't have done this. (laughs) Because he very predictably got 12 yards. It's like, that guy's not going to cover Jamar Chase. Come on. Um, He had such a good game. Especially with all these guys going out. He got extra attention. He got Denzel Ward most of the time so he's matched up with your best guy doesn't work out that one big hit credit to him i think this is a fun matchup because these are two high level players but jamar chase got the better of this game and i think that was a big deal
1: it was a big deal because there was that off season chatter and i don't think jamar was <laughs> saying anything wrong i think he was giving credit to the yeah no
2: i think i think if you asked jamar chase who's the best corner he faced he'd probably go with ward i think he did I think that's what wow. started the whole thing yeah. he said the browns corners ward that's my toughest opponent and uh he beat him
1: <laughs> yeah and and denzel and jamar were out for the first matchup on october 31st so you finally get that in this game and uh yeah it was fun to watch jamar just he's he's unbelievable um it's crazy this guy is two games off of his injury underrated performance last week with 97 yards And then he did what he did today when he had to be the main guy. Obviously, Jamar Chase can be a main guy. He's, I'd say, a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Um, Just an unbelievable performance from him. And, I mean, look, when one man's down, it's next man up with this offense and who they've had to lose at times. And we'll go over to uh, the running back right now, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon with some key runs. In this game, there was a lot of conversation this week. Again, we're hearing Samaje versus Joe. Again, treat it like a good thing when you have this RB duo, what they can do when guys step up, when you think of depth. And we saw that from Joe Mixon today.
2: Yeah, uh, not just Joe Mixon, Samaj appeared and play well. But this was the game that we were that I kept saying about uh about Joe Mixon. I was like, I'm bullish on the rest of the season for him. And I think I said on here five yards per carry rest of the season right before his injury. And I was like, oh, what unfortunate timing. Seven yards per carry today about. And uh before he took – before they let a free runner in the backfield and he lost three yards, he was at 8.6 yards per carry. I mean – that's incredible. <laughs> it was it was 10 carries for 86 yards, and they lost three yards. And then it was funny that after that loss of three, the announcer goes, oh, he's up to 83 yards today on <laughs> 11 carries. I was like, he was just higher. <laughs> but it is cool that you lose three yards and the announcer is still gushing over your stat line. Um, he was awesome. He was so good. And a, another one, uh, I mean, this is just the theme of this game. Early on. I I thought, why can't this team run against the Browns? They can't run against this team. And it all changed on that fake jet toss play where Law Collins gets out in front, does a good job blocking, Mixon runs through a pair of arm tackles and goes 40 plus yards. And that turned it from why can't this team run on on the Browns into, Oh, here we go. And they were just cooking the rest of the time. Like every handoff for the most part was successful. It was like four plus yards every time. And, it was awesome. I I thought he played really well. He showed why he's the the top dog, and why. It, and I don't want to say that P Ryan doesn't have a, a part because P Ryan's very good. He played really well. I thought this split was ideal. I don't know about you. What What do you okay. think about the P Ryan mix and split
1: today? I love it. Um, obviously, you know, there, there's just so much chatter this whole entire season when it comes to the running back conversation with Samajay and Joe Mixon. But I, again, feel like this is a great problem to have for this team uh, when you think of depth and different playmakers, because when you think of who they're facing, the defenses that, you know, have to come up with a game plan to stop both running backs or what is this team going to do? It, it makes you question on the other side of the sideline, and I'm, I'm for it. I... I love what I'm going to give credit to Zach Taylor right now, because there was a report uh, from NFL Network before the game that after week five, Zach Taylor front office gave most of the play calling duties, Joe Burrow, Dan Pitcher, the quarterback coach, Brian Callahan, the O.C., what Have we seen a difference with this offense when it comes to a, adjustments? And I think that's credit to Zach Taylor for ac- accountability and just saying, like, like, let's do what works for this offense and the better betterment of this team. And 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 we saw that with them.
2: Yeah. The I mean, the adjustments, the just everything got better. I don't know, like what a great game, <laughs> you know. Like this was the game we all hoped would happen as the Browns, at least it got there eventually the first quarter or so was just the blah part of it. But after that, it was three quarters of pretty dominant play. And I know it's offensive stuff, but it just came to my mind. It was so nice to see redacted play poorly and take all those hits and everything. I was like, this is what I wanted. I it's the NFL's brotherhood, all that stuff. I did almost wish that not dirty. I wanted the Bengals, defense just to be cold to him because like, that he got a little chatty with them sometimes. And I saw somebody help him up. I was like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> let, let him lay around on the ground. I thought it was also funny, talking about helping people up. This is just a stupid thing before we hit the next segment. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, after he got tackled on a play, uh, a Browns player went to let his hand out to help him up. And Jamar Chase slapped the hand away and got up himself.
1: <laughs> I, was like, I love Jamar, Jamar Chase. Is
2: such, that's such a Jamar Chase thing. <laughs>
1: We love Jamar Chase. He's honest when he says things. They're funny sometimes, and he doesn't even mean for them to be funny, but this guy is awesome, and I'm so happy the Bengals are able to draft him. It's still unbelievable as I was watching this game on offense to think that they have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from that LSU 2019 class that we all started to watch in October and November, December of that year because we thought, okay, Joe's coming here and who would have thought a year later they were going to get one of his best wide receivers at LSU. And it's still fun to watch the two of them. Uh, We are very lucky. We've dealt with a lot of sad football in Cincinnati and they're nine and four right now. And they're playing some of the best football in the league. And I think fans should get really excited about it. Obviously, it's really hard to get back to a championship, get to the championship game, get to the Super Bowl. But when you're nine and four and you're playing the way you are on both sides of the ball, Um, optimism should be here in December and sky's the limit in January and what that's going to look like. Plenty more to get to when it comes to playoffs and the AFC North Outlook next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
0: This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. The Bengals coming off a win over the Browns 23 to 10. They improved the nine and four in the season. Right now they sit at that fifth seed in the AFC. They are neck and neck with the Baltimore Ravens right now. I'm going to talk a little bit about that playoff picture and what it looks like because the conversation When a lot of people wanted to compare the second half schedule, what that was going to look like for Cincinnati, what that was going to look like for the Baltimore Ravens. It was like, oh, this is a piece of cake for Baltimore. And uh they're gonna have, they're gonna just kill it the back half of the season in Cincinnati. Oh, it's gonna be hard. You gotta think wild card. And and honestly, they're still in a wild card spot right now if the playoffs were today. <laughs> but at the same time, Cincinnati's playing more dominating football than what I'm seeing from the Baltimore Ravens, even when Lamar Jackson is out there. I'm not afraid of the Baltimore Ravens.
2: Yeah, and Hartley went down today. They still got the win, but if they have to go with their third string quarterback next week, I, I I don't know if they can take down a team, you know, with a full game of that. The Steelers started coming back in that game. Um, they had a sh- they had a shot, but Steelers were on their backup quarterback too. That was a disgusting game that I watched a little bit of because my fiance is a Steelers fan. But yeah, um this Bengals seem to hang with anybody, is what we've been saying every single week. Are they better than anybody? I don't know. The Chiefs go out to a 27 nothing lead they almost blow their game um the bills they had a solid wire-to-wire win against the jets today so that's one we gotta see in a couple weeks <laughs> monday night football and uh but the jets lose and the Bengals already beat the jets the Bengals already beaten the dolphins tennessee they've beaten them and tennessee lost to the Jags. Ooh, so it real- really it really feels like right now it is a very strong Bengals, Chiefs, Bills tier. Like, that's the real contenders of the AFC. Then the Ravens, probably by themselves. Like, if this team gets healthy, they can do it. And then you got, well, I guess I don't want to put the Dolphins below them, though, even though it's like a different thing, because the Dolphins are good. They're just. They're good. I think they're, yeah. I think they're very, very good, but, uh, they didn't perform well against the 49ers. So, and they didn't really perform that well against the Bengals, but they also did a, that wasn't a huge win for them. That's something that like Bengals won by like 30. So I can't say too much bad about it. I don't know if either team performed perfectly, but um, yeah, I, I'm not fully sold on the dolphins, but I do think that they would be in the tier with the Ravens. Like the Ravens are, if they get healthy, they could move up. The dolphins are, uh, Mike just doesn't trust you that much, uh, <laughs> but you're better than the Titans and the jets and, um whatever other teams possibly make the jets are actually according to Steve Kornacki now not at a majority chance to make the playoffs majority being 50 plus percent still a plurality by being the highest but 48% jets 27% patriots 30% chargers and the jags are at 14% but i feel like a lot of that's towards the titans in the uh winning the afc south
1: Yeah, I think you can look around right now and it does feel like it's going to be either that reunion with the Tennessee Titans in the postseason or, again, if you win the division, it's a whole different ballgame because you're playing at home. But if it doesn't work out like that and say they don't win the AFC North and they have to play Baltimore the next week. I would feel pretty confident going into that game just the way this team is playing. And I think there is something to be said. It's kind of silly to say, oh, you need to go into the playoffs hot. You need to play like that. But I think playing against really good competition going into the postseason, going into January for these eight games that they are playing is huge for a team to really develop and and what we we've seen on the offensive side of the ball. Like I said before, Zach Taylor letting Joe Burrow, the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, really take leadership and what the offensive play calling looks like. That's huge. That changed what we saw from this offense in the back half of the season. And they're on a five game win streak. And I would say credit to it. I know the defense is legit and they're showing up and thanks to Lou for that. But offensively, they've been a lot of fun to watch too. And I don't know. I think they can hang with anybody right now.
2: Yeah, and just to do the playoff thing real quick, because I think there might be some people yelling, like, they haven't made the playoffs yet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, nobody. Maybe there's nobody yelling that. Kornacki, uh, who I'm using because I have his picture, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 99% chance the Bengals make the playoffs. According oh, no, that's true. Too- <laughs> <What, laughs> you think the 1% chance is going to hit? No. Um, when I look at it, too, uh, but yeah, what are you, what are you gonna say? Ninety nine percent. You're yes. you're a one percenter. You're saying they're not gonna make it.
1: No, I'm too confident. I'm optimistic. <laughs> you go ahead.
2: Well, win one more game, I think they clinch it basically. Uh, so, yeah, and I don't think even if they lose more games, I mean they're two games ahead of the Jets, who are the 7th seed. They're not even out. Um, they're two games That's ahead easy. of I'm being joking. the last up <laughs> team. But I- it does it does look like when you look at the seating right now, it looks. Because if it ended today, the Bengals travel to Tennessee week one. It almost looks like if they don't win the division, that's what's going to happen because they are a full game ahead of the Dolphins and they have the head to head and the Titans are two games behind the Ravens to be in the last division winner. So if they can't pull off the division, sounds like you might go to Tennessee. How do you feel about that?
1: You know what? That has, that has just a repeat of last year written all over it, obviously a week ahead because they would play Tennessee in the wild card weekend. And then imagine playing somebody like Kansas city in the next weekend or something like that would be wild in the divisional round.
2: That's and what it would be too. Yeah. Because... And
1: the AFC championship game. Like it's just insane to even think about that. It is hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win in the playoffs. Um, but just. Thinking about how that could look, it's crazy because you brought up a good point. You say win one more game and you probably clinch that playoff spot. They have they're nine and four, and when we looked at it during bye week, uh, we said I think you have to get to ten and seven to go to the playoffs. They're nine and four. They could have more than ten wins to end the season. And again, it's not all set in stone that Baltimore is going to win out right now with the way. Yeah,
2: down to their third string quarterback. I think the odds are o- o- almost a little stacked against him to win out, but I don't know. It is an easier schedule. But they play Pittsburgh again and Pickett's healthy and Pickett's playing better than he was early in the year. Mm-hmm. Better than Trubisky would have today. Yeah. That's that's when I'm like, I don't know, maybe they were in a pretty good spot uh today, but they just didn't pull it out. Uh they gotta play the Browns. I think that's gonna be tough with a third string quarterback, possibly maybe just your backup. I think Huntley had a, I think he, did. he had an injury. I, I think it was a concussion. I'm not sure.
1: I, I want to say, I can't, I don't want to speak on it right now, what it was, but I'm going to long on up right now. Um,
2: oh, no, I was doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. Concussion. That was right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he had a concussion. Usually with a concussion, I am not head doctors, but okay. there's a good chance you miss the next week like mix and miss two weeks with this. So I don't know. I think they may have to go third string quarterback against the Browns next week. And I'm not, it's hard to root for the Browns with everything they have, but it would help the Bengals if they pulled it out. Um, <laughs>
1: How about I just don't pay attention to that game at all, and somebody just tells me the outcome of it, and I'll just be like, "How does that factor into Cincinnati right now?" And that's all. Like, I just don't. I just I, don't even know.
2: look at how the Ravens lost. Just nope. look at the standings update and go, "Oh, Bengals winning the division."
1: That is <laughs> how I look at. Because there, there's one thing, and I and I joked on social media today. I said, you know, I'm saying go Steelers, go Bengals today. And I said, look, it's strange for me to say, but I'm I'm all in. Go Steelers, win this game. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of um, unexpected things happened in the game, and you hope everybody's. A OK, with all the concussion um, injuries that we saw out of that game. But overall, I'm like, OK, this is absolutely wild to think about when you think of, of who the Ravens are playing and, and what's going to happen. Um, I, I do want to say one thing about this right now, because obviously Cincinnati is in the driver's seat. Um, anything is possible. That last game of the season could really mean something. And we've talked about it for a while, that it could get flexed to prime time with the Ravens coming to Paycor Stadium. Monday Night Football, they're pumped right now. In two weeks, they finally get a good matchup. It's Cincinnati and the Buffalo Bills at Pecor Stadium. And who knows what seeding that's going to be for? Um, you know, what's going to happen the rest of the Bills' schedule? But I do want to add this. And we, we mentioned the Cleveland Browns, and obviously a big one um, in the AFC North. I am so glad we do not have to hear Joe Burrow cannot beat the Cleveland Browns anymore.
2: Oh man, because he's played well against them too. Like that's that's something where like if he was playing real poorly against them or something, it would be annoying. But at least it would make sense. He's been playing well against this team. They just lose. I guess not the last time they played, but I mean for the most part, he uh, back in his rookie year, he played well against this team. Did Um, so. I, I I don't never really bought too far into the borough can't beat them. It was more so it feels like the run game doesn't get going and the defense can't get a stop when they're actually better than they look. And uh, at least eventually they, they, they wear down. They've had a good performance earlier this year. So I don't know that that is nice to get that narrative out of the way. It's, it's got new and ones it, needed.
1: And hopefully that just ended Cleveland season. So we don't have to, Oh, it, it, it uh,
2: uh, according to my guy, uh, Kornacki, Cleveland entered the day with a 6% chance the, to make the playoffs, and they are not on the list anymore.
1: We we love to hear that. I don't want to hear any more about their team. Um, you know, get them to their offseason, move right along. We have bigger things to do um, with the other teams in the AFC, and they're not included. Uh, but, no, just a fun time, honestly. It, it's absolutely wild to think about because this is – their best start under Zach Taylor it's it's their best start in, in a while we do remember when they went 8-0 in 2015 everybody knows how that worked out uh, but right now if, if it's the biggest thing right it, right now is health you got to stay healthy and the next man up uh, we hope for good news on T Higgins um, obviously know he's just battling a hamstring right now wanted to go back in team was smart about it uh, think about long-term, long-run, the rest of the season. Tyler Boyd timeline, we do not know yet. Dislocated finger. I'm guessing that's better than a broken finger, but not a doctor. So I'm not going <laughs> to confirm or deny what, what could happen with Tyler Boyd. We hope he's okay. in the rebound there, Hayden Hurst, uh, to be determined on his timetable. It's not season-ending, but... Who knows if he's going to be back for that Tampa game? And Trey Hendrickson, it sounds like he's going to be out for a few weeks. So they are battling a few injuries after a pretty clean injury report this late in the season. So at the moment, again, it's next man up. They've done it before. And you just hope these guys can uh, get healthy. Maybe we'll see them in a week or, or two.
2: Not speculating about the specific injuries. I'm not, you know, we we mention this a lot, but when you think about Higgins was questionable the entire game, they didn't never ruled him out. I think that's a good sign. Tyler Boyd, kind of the opposite. He got ruled out pretty quick, so that's not a good sign. When I look, think about Hurst, he was ruled out pretty quick this week. So I feel like that's like a a questionable tag for a while this week and ruled out on Friday or something. And then the week after is the one that he might play in. Um, But I could be surprised. and Maybe it's just a quick recovery. And he was ruled out because he definitely couldn't play this week. I think he was in a walking boot.
1: He, he was. Um, he said, you know, just wanted to just be cautious about the injury and what he was dealing with. So um, was in the boot and just knew he was out for this game. Uh, wasn't season ending. But again, we didn't have a timetable on that. I feel like we'll know a little more going into Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is kind of the definite of, you know, who's going and who's not. Uh, it would be a big game to have, you know, a few of these guys back. But it sounds like uh, we'll be without Trey Hendrickson going into the Tampa game to be determined on Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, all good vibes. You want TV back out there and T Higgins. And maybe this is just something that he's limited in practice all week. Hamstrings are are iffy and they're not one you want to battle. I think, again, you bring up a great point. One that I didn't think of is him being questionable for, uh, they didn't really even announce the update on the injury.
2: I, I saw something that said he, they had a goal line play or two that they were still willing to bring him in on on twitter like i don't know i I guess you're not running (laughs) very far (laughs) he's a big target they'll have to put somebody on him so there's that but I, i was i thought that was interesting where they felt good enough that like push came to shove they may have just tossed him out there for a fade or something from like two yards out but uh they didn't want him playing most of the game. Maybe they just felt like they could beat the Browns without him and uh, they'd rather hold on. And that was smart.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, you saw that two weeks in a row from Zach Taylor when it comes to Joe Mixon and the concussion situation. feels like maybe he could have been cleared on Saturday, and Zach's like, no, we'll see you on another week being smart because we want you – again, we have really important games in December and January that we're going to need you for, and I'm totally fine doing that with T. Higgins. They won the game today. They didn't lose because they didn't have some of the players out there. They won. Uh, Probably could have put more points on the board if those guys are out there, but – They're they're in good shape, 9-4 and on the season, and um, they're a lot of fun to watch offensively and defensively. I do want to bring this up really quickly. Any concern with Evan McPherson missed extra point?
2: No, not really. He's missed two on the year, whatever. He uh, uh, doesn't yet have the precision of a Justin Tucker, and oh well.
1: And that's kind of hard to do, so we're okay with that. There's
2: one guy that does that, yeah
1: yeah we're okay. We're okay with that. And then drew Chrisman ah,
2: uh, yeah, Shank, too,
1: huh? special teams is is having some issues with the flags, too.
2: Simmons crew is just they they are that the the side that is not performing at a super high level. So. Hope that can bounce back. It's a lot of young guys, I think, is why some of this is happening. Although my guy Stanley was when caught the flag. I was Aww. like, come on, Stan. Uh, <laughs> they were flag happy though, you know. They, they they weren't letting anything go. I thought when I watched it, I was like, that's probably a block in the back. The like, flag came out, I was like, ah,
1: come on. <laughs> 25%
2: chances it doesn't get called.
1: Well, the good news is you're going to go back and watch the game. Uh, you'll have all your clips over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands, and we'll talk a little more of the breakdown of what the game looked like after you go and watch it. And you'll probably have to fast forward through some of the flags, uh, but you'll get there eventually when you can break down some of the film. What's well, going to be on all bangles this week?
2: Takeaways, fun little stats and things that I noticed during the game, and then we'll have a full film article later in the week.
1: Can't wait. Check it out. All Bengals again. Follow them on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. As always, thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.